1: to help you improve your mindset, your leadership and your team performance. To me, our mindset is the next frontier. So let's find out why. Hello and welcome to episode 35 of Inside the Mind of Champions. It's been such an uplifting week for sport for us here in the UK with England smashing Ukraine 4-0 and they look like favourites to go all the way. That's a very strange position for an England football supporter because we're usually proud to have a courageous group that have tried hard but not quite achieved. But Gareth Southgate has done something slowly but surely and he's weaved his magic uh, into this group of players. They've developed a fearless mindset, a respectful team culture and he's got that guiding purpose of making the country smile after what can only be described as a a brutal 18 months with COVID restrictions. So we thank him greatly for that. Well, I think we can all safely say that uh, we've done more than smiled and to see Gareth's team get through, we're really excited to see what they can do in this next week. And there's also been England cricket wins against Sri Lanka. The Lions are about to kick off and we've also had some brilliant Wimbledon action as well, as well as Max Verstappen winning the Grand Prix. Uh, Back at Wimbledon, sadly, Andy Murray wasn't able to repeat his heroics of of the week before, but to see him playing near his best was absolutely remarkable as a comeback after such a serious hip uh, injury and surgery. And now we can look on with excitement for Roger Federer and Emma Raducanu, the exciting 18-year-old that's burst onto the scene. It was amazing to see her smile as she won the round last week. So, to keep the Wimbledon theme, we've got a true legend of the game for today's episode. He was born in Lyman, West Germany, in 1967, where his father, Karl Heinz, was an architect and also founded a tennis academy. This is where our young star found his passion and crafted his skills for tennis. By 17, he'd already burst onto the scene with a shock of blonde hair, his tight LS shirt covered in dust as he battled Kevin Curran to become the youngest Wimbledon champion ever. He'd go on to win many Grand Slams, including three Wimbledons, two Australian Opens and one US Open. We'll get a rare insight into his mindset and also his coaching philosophy, which has helped the likes of Novak Djokovic to excel. I am, of course, talking about the one and only Boris Becker.
2: Well, I think it's the it's defining factor. I mean, if you're mentally stronger than the other guy, you're going to beat him. Uh, yes, it helps if you're physically fit and it helps if you've got a great four and then serve, but if you don't know when to apply that, you, you're not going to win. But I think naturally, I've, I've got this zest for life and this confidence from my upbringing. You know, I was winning so much at an early age, then you take it for granted. You, you, know, you, you cut corners, you're you thinking it's going to be around forever, and of course, for you know, many tournaments, I was just just on the wrong path. You're human, you, you make mistakes, you weak, you scream, you, you, you know, insult yourself and others. I observe my players' eyes a lot. And, and there are moments when they're open and he's, he's reflective and he, he's like a sponge. He's taken every word that I'm telling him. And there are moments when his
1: eyes are covered. This promises to be a cracker of an episode. But before we start, I just want to take a moment to thank those of you who took that extra 30 to 90 seconds to leave a review, or you shared this podcast with your social media network or your friends. Definitely, Andy for his message. This is the best podcast in its field, well worth five stars. And Steph589, pure gold, keep them coming. I'll definitely try that, Steph. So, podcasts are really strange. You never know who's listening. So, I'd love you to follow me on LinkedIn or Twitter or Instagram. And I'll make sure that I also post some great content and and keep you up to date with our latest news and content that's coming up. We've also had a surge in people joining as entrepreneurs, coaches and execs into our members club. And this gives you some brilliant, inspirational personal development that will give you confidence and focus for the challenges ahead. So it's less than one pound a day and you can definitely get a a fast start if you use the discount code podcast 50 in the checkout, which gives all my podcast listeners a half price first month to give you a flavor of it. And you can cancel it at any time. So I'd love you to explore the, the hundred or so experts that we've interviewed and we've packaged it just for you to tackle some of those big challenges you face in your career. So check out the Members Club as well. Now, my passion for elite sport and, and mindset is is absolutely at the forefront of everything we do at Sporting Edge and I really love to package things up so that they're practical for our listeners and, and our network to be able to thrive in their own career and really I guess the first question that we had to ask a, a legend like Boris Becker is for how important does he think our mindset is in our performance?
2: Well I think it's the it's defining factor I mean if you're mentally stronger than the other guy you're going to beat him uh, yes, it helps. if you're physically fit and it helps, if you've got a great four and then serve. But if you don't know when to apply that, you you're not going to win. So uh, in my playing days, I, uh, my mentor was uh, Tyriak. and some people call him you know one of the toughest uh, managers out there. Uh, uh, you know, he, he taught me the rights and wrongs of professional tennis for for over ten years. Uh, and especially the the mental side. you know I was young when I met him, I was fifteen, sixteen. So I was somewhat, um, you know, I have my character there already, you know, through my parents and my upbringing, but obviously playing professional sports is different. But he, you know, with the hours of of training regime and the, you know, the conversations we've had, had, um, it made me realise at the end of the day, you know, it's it's up to you uh, alone on the court whether you make the right decision or the wrong decision.
1: Well, here again, we hear a, a top champion saying that their mindset is the defining characteristic and I love this point that Jon Tyriak was a, a tough coach. Junior sport is brilliant, but it can be quite soft when we compare it to the professional levels, especially when you're bigger than everybody at your age group or you're mal- more talented than those people around you. Imagine that uh, this was a different kind of finishing school, not exactly for etiquette and, uh, you know, um, poise, but actually for resilience and ruthlessness. And that's what you need to become a champion. And it sounds like Boris benefited hugely from Jan Tyriak's guidance and and real-life expertise. I remember as a young cricketer, playing at uh, North Ants. I'd been captain of the England under-15s at the time, and we had a good team. We felt pretty special in our blazers going on tour and, and whatever that came with that sort of age group representative stuff at international level. But then I was back in the second team at North Ants under some really gritty old pros. And, uh, you know, those massive old-school characters made sure the strut never developed in me Um, They stripped you down pretty quickly if you stepped out of line. And that's, you know, you learn so much about discipline from doing it day in, day out, not just being good on your day when conditions work, but actually having that professional mindset of this is your job. You are getting paid to do this and you've got to do it day in, day out. And I remember one match when one of our young players threw away their wicket from a really strong position and the coach grabbed him by the shirt and gave him the full spray. Not ideal, but uh, it gave a really strong signal to the rest of us about to value your wicket. So there are two ways you can react from this type of coaching. You either take it on board and become more resilient or you crumble and and fade away. Either way, your path to mastery will have many challenges ahead. So having that robust sense of self-confidence is essential. And it's interesting to hear Boris explain where his personal confidence came from.
2: In my case, I, I think it was built by um, my parents, I think by my sister, by my upbringing. Um, I, I was naturally confident. Uh, uh, so for me, it, it wasn't it wasn't a great um, stride I had to do to be confident on the tennis court because I was confident off, off the court. Um, and then obviously with, with success on the tennis court, you become more confident. There's a fine line of becoming arrogant. It's a fine line of becoming... Um, Uh, satisfied and complacent you have to be careful especially when you're in a very successfully young age but i think naturally i've I've got this this you know zest for life and this confidence from my upbringing
1: so again we hear the importance of environment in developing a robust mindset his sister and his parents kept him on his toes but they also instilled that self-belief in him giving him the confidence to step out from his small village or town and to progress onto the next level and to eventually become an international star. But Boris makes a great point that there's a fine line between confidence and arrogance. I'd say that confidence is developing a really objective and rational, unshakable belief that you can execute a task under pressure. Whereas arrogance is a comparison to other people in a derogatory way. You're looking at their weaknesses and you're, you know, thinking your uh, strengths massively outweigh them and that you're never going to make any slip up. And anyone that's played sport or been an entrepreneur for any length of time knows that there's so many, you know, rules in the jungle and so many variables out there. You just can't be complacent and arrogant. It's going to be a massive problem. We always used to call it in cricket, mother cricket. Uh, And that you'd get found out and put back in your box pretty quickly if you get too big for your boots. So I think that's sounds like it's the same in tennis. So let's imagine for a moment being Boris, a confident young man arriving at Wimbledon in 1985. Suddenly he became a global sports star, global heartthrob and a sponsor's dream. Everyone wanted a piece of him. He wouldn't have been human if that hadn't affected him at a psychological and an emotional level. So how did he reflect on that period when the afterglow got a little bit too comfortable? So of course, you know I was winning so much
2: at an early age, then you take it for granted. You, you know, you you cut corners, you, you thinking it's going to be around forever. And of course, for you know many tournaments, I was just just on the wrong path, and then I, I lost. Or you could see it. I was frustrated. I, I screamed at people, but I think it's um, I was able to come back though to my origin to my my you know character traits. Uh, uh, And and that that helped me having then, you know, a successful 15 year career, but I had moments when, when it wasn't there, of course.
1: There's a powerful insight here, which you only get to hear from champions that have been able to sustain their success over the long term, because the majority that make this mistake early crash and burn and never recover. But Boris felt like he'd made it. He thought like it was easy and he could coast and enjoy the trappings of success. But the sad news is that your opponents are always watching you. They're always studying you and they can see the weaknesses and they're going to exploit them. This combined with your comfortable life means you lose some of that striving and sacrifice that helped you to get there. You start to lose. You start to lose face. You don't look quite so cool and you start to get frustrated with everyone around you, including yourself, and you realize the mistake that you've made. This comes partly as how we celebrate success as a destination. I honestly think we've got to reframe our perspective sometimes on success. Of course, we want champions, we want number ones, we want the outcomes, and there's only one team or star that can lift the trophy. But does that mean that everyone else is a failure? If that was the case, Wimbledon would be full of over 200 losers. So who's going to tell Serena and Andy Murray that? Instead, for me, success is all about the challenge, the striving, the quest to be the very best we can be on each day. Can we stay hungry when we feel on top of our game? Can we stay humble when the press are praising us? Can we stay grounded when everyone else is putting us on a pedestal? This is the human condition, the human challenge, and we see it played out so transparently through elite sports. Boris experienced turbulence for sure, but his self-awareness and reconnecting with his foundations was the key. Those consistent disciplines, those brilliant basics will always deliver high performance. We have to stay close to them, even when our heads are in the cloud and everybody wants a piece of us. Being able to accelerate our confidence and self-awareness is simply a game changer, whether you're in business or sport. And that's why at Sporting Edge, we've created our Members Club, which is a pioneering approach to fast track your mindset, leadership and career success. If you haven't taken a look yet, come and see why hundreds of entrepreneurs and coaches and execs are raving about it. If you visit SportingEdge.com and join as a member by applying the code PODCAST50 in the checkout, you'll be able to explore the amazing resources and community events that we've got going on. Here's a little bit more about what's included.
0: During times of uncertainty and pressure, your mindset will be the key to your success. Sporting Edge members have unlimited personal access to hundreds of video insights and performance strategies to accelerate their personal and professional success. This is your chance to get powerful weekly micro-lessons from the world's best thinkers and performers from elite sport. You'll be able to connect with a global network of entrepreneurs, coaches and senior executives on webinars, discussion forums and events. Become a Sporting Edge member and get access to the world's best coaches on demand. For more information, visit www.sportingedge.com or email hello at sportingedge.com.
1: As well as being a champion himself, Boris also coached world number one Novak Djokovic for a number of years. So given this wider perspective, when we asked Boris if there was a set recipe for success in tennis, his answer raised an interesting point.
2: It's a combination of things. Uh, you know, it starts with, with your mind, I believe, you know, with, with your you know, mind, body and soul really go hand in hand. It helps if you have a big serve, it helps if you have a great footwork, it helps if you have the, you know, the ability um, to, you know, thrive under pressure. It it, it helps if you um, are driven, not not uh, not being satisfied with one ribbon, but you want to win three or five. You know, a number of things. And I was, you know, thinking thinking the other day. It really doesn't matter where you're from, because if you think of of you know. Where novak is from he's from war-torn serbia and had to leave the country at an early age because he couldn't practice much with anybody who so went to germany uh, in order to have better practice partners and abilities and indoor courts and all that where roger federer comes from a pretty wealthy background in, in beautiful neutral switzerland he didn't have to go anywhere but their character trait is very similar so it doesn't matter where you come from switzerland or from serbia if you have a similar character, you're going to make it. Uh, Andy Murray, for example, had to go all the way to Spain at 15 because he didn't find the practice uh, possibilities or, or the coaching or whatever have you. Not in the UK, but he learned it in Spain. So uh, it, it tells me it really doesn't matter uh, what, what your passport says. It's about your character. And, and if, you, if you're a winner, you're going to find a way to get it.
1: Your passport is not important. That's such a good line. They've all had contrasting routes, trajectories and journeys to the top for Federer, Nadal, Djokovic and Murray. But they've all found the same way to make it. Their common attribute has to be their mindset. Each one of them found the hunger to keep testing themselves, to keep taking feedback on board and improving continually. That's the key. When you think you've made it, You're done. Each of these legends strives for new goals every year and that's what keeps them fresh and helps them to come back from such significant injuries. Look at Andy Murray over the last week. He's had half a hip running around like he was 25 again. So for each of these champions this relentless quest for mastery needs fuel. They have to find something deep inside themselves that helps them to get through the adversity and to sacrifice continually. They'll have had many days when they feel tired, sore, and they don't want to do it. But having the ability to tap into their emotions is absolutely critical. If we were droids and just running on, you know, fumes like robots, that wouldn't work and it wouldn't last very long. But as Boris now explains, being able to manage our emotions is a critical skill to master, even before we meet our opponent across the net?
2: Well, it's a combination of things. You know, When things are not, not going well, you're naturally frustrated and then you, you want to you know, um, bite your tongue, but sometimes you can't, you're human. You, you make mistakes, you're weak, you scream, you, you, you know, insult yourself and others. Um, hopefully the older you get, the less you do it, but it's a natural reaction to, to a frustrating moment. Um, and if it gets overboard, you know, in my tennis, cases, you get fined, you get penalties, you get you get banned. So then, then, uh, then you learn it. But uh, uh, you know, again, I want to um, I want to underline emotions are very important for a successful sportsman. You know, without emotions, you can't win. The question is, how can you control them uh, uh, through special ways of meditation, special ways of of finding your inner peace? You know, concentration. Uh, you know there, there are many ways. I think every player has a different routine. Again, how to get into that zone in that that sand uh, phase uh, where where you where you are still very emotional yet um, you know it, it's funded positively, uh, and I think that's that's the that's the trick.
1: We can think about our emotions like a dial, whether it's zero with no emotion or 10 out of 10 where we're absolutely foaming at the mouth. And we all operate at a different number at our best. I was amazed to see the England rugby team when I was working with them prepare for some massive games at Twickenham where you'd see some players pacing up and down their dressing room like caged tigers. Their tension and emotion was all in their head. And then there'd be others that were physically smashing into each other's shoulders to get that physicality and that peak arousal level up to you know, where they needed it to be for their optimum state. And then there'd be others who were cracking jokes with security guards or reading the match programs. The key here is that we've got a group of players that are all going into battle, but they need to harness their emotions and manage that dial of emotions in a different way. So do you understand whether you're a six at your best or a nine at your best in terms of emotions? Because that's the critical thing, the self-awareness of it, and being able to regulate it in the heat of battle. Again, as Boris said, this is why sport is so unpredictable because the stars are battling with themselves as much as they're battling with their rivals. Since the pandemic took hold, there's been a lot of frustration and emotion for execs and entrepreneurs around our society if you're listening and you're feeling locked into that mindset where the world's against you remember that even the best in the world get frustrated because they want things to be easier or or different or to have turned out you know differently they have injuries and setbacks along the way but they're able to reframe things faster than the majority of us because they've got these mental skills and they know that anything else will be a waste of their vital time and energy in You know, helping them get back to full fitness or helping them to create a proactive strategy to get back to the best. Being able to reframe things and think like a CEO of your own business is a great way to think about this. We kick away some of that victim mindset which builds up our anger and emotion and frustration and it forces us to take control. What will the next choice be about our exercise, our diet, Those difficult phone calls that we've got to make, those sales activities that we've got to put in place or some of those big decisions that we've been procrastinating around for months. When we have the courage and focus to take accountability for those actions and we use our emotions to get us into action, then that's absolutely pivotal in driving our performance forward. And this is the battle. The battle is with ourselves. Lots of our anger and frustration comes through our fear. A fear of not being good enough, a fear of being humiliated, a fear of being rejected or even a fear of being successful. As Boris now explains, the people who manage themselves brilliantly have found something pretty special. And he's got a great analogy to share with us.
2: I've seen a lot of talented tennis players in the practice courts, in the early rounds, on on side courts. Once they step on centre court, they fail. They fail. and and, uh, and obviously there are deeper issues why why that happens but you know uh, again they have some talents that are important on a practice court but i think they don't possess the most important talents that's that's um, controlling your mind and controlling your your mental strength of overcoming uh, you know your fear Um, uh, so uh, you know tennis is quite evident you know the ones that that get it stay on top for quite a long time. You know, Novak has been number one three of the last four years. You know, Nadal was number one for a couple of years. Federa was number one for many years before that because they found that golden door for themselves and then, uh, 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 you know, find a way to repeat that. Uh, 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 if it would be so
1: easy, a lot more people would walk through that golden door. The golden door leads to a place where we are confident, we have self-acceptance and we can play instinctively without the baggage of our insecurities and the judgment of others. It sounds like an amazing place to be. And I hope this episode has helped you to take a step closer to your own golden door. So that's a beautiful visual representation of that confident Zen-like space to draw us closer to our personal mastery. But let's listen to Boris's coaching philosophy and experiences now of working with Novak Djokovic. Imagine the tension and the pressure leading up to a big tournament. Coaches almost take on this role of being like a performance detective, looking for clues in the way their player looks at things, behaves. You know, that, those micro mannerisms that are all so important. And that helps our, our interventions to be shaped live in the moment. Boris gives us a great insight into how this happens in practice.
2: There are certain moments when, when your player is um, ready to listen. There are moments when your player is ready to work. And there are moments when you, you better shut up because the player just doesn't, he's not ready for it at the moment. So it's a, it's a learning curve, it's a fine line of when to say what. I think timing is very important. Uh, uh, there are moments when I want to speak to him the night before. There are moments when I I, I don't want to speak to him because he, he he's on on a set on a set piece already. So it's it's you know pretty much being on my toes the whole time and sensing when the right moment is to to disrupt, to interfere, to communicate, to to you know um, do something that would help his tennis. You never know when they come you know, I'm ready. I'm ready all the time for the conversation. It comes in the practice, it comes after the practice, it comes just before. Whenever he feels um, he's ready to talk. Uh, 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 on the other side, um, there are moments when he doesn't feel he's ready and I still talk to him because I want to challenge him. So it's a, it's a constant battle of, of you know, who's ready for what, uh, that makes it so exciting that makes it so challenging and it makes it very exhausting at night because you you know once 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 I'm, I'm you know in the locker room or in, in, in the courts. I am constantly thinking about my player I observe my players eyes a lot and, and there are moments when they're open and he's he's reflective and he, he he's He's like a sponge. He's taking every word that I'm telling him and there are moments when his eyes um, are covered and I can see the fear and I can see the frustration and I can see the indecisiveness that he has. And then, it, you know, it, it's up to me to, to come up with something that, that you know, gives him a, a clarity of mind. Uh, and, and, you know, the better you know a player, the more often you can apply that because you know you work from experience. You know what works and doesn't work and when it works.
1: So the coach isn't there just to blow smoke up the player's arse and to tell them that they're the best in the world. Boris speaks about the importance of knowing when to disrupt and when to challenge. Coaches need great self-awareness here too. Are they disrupting to prove that they are important in this relationship or even prove that their theory is right? Or are they disrupting for the good of the player? These high stakes relationships have to be based on trust and a selfless focus on what's right at that particular moment in time. In the elite tennis world, there's a dynamic and diverse team of experts. Each one has been handpicked for their contribution to the individual star's game. The dynamics and the social chemistry between the physio, the yoga instructor, the hitting coach and the technical coach, not to mention the parents, the partners and the agents, play an absolutely critical role in getting that balance right. As Boris now explains, getting this climate of support and challenge right is another key consideration for creating a world-class environment around the player.
2: It's very important that we have different point of views, that we have a, a, healthy, uh, a healthy way of, of um, um, discussions, of, of uh, uh, you know, talking to one another. I think uh, it would be extremely um, boring and, and, and not helping the cause if everybody agrees to everything that we all say we have disagreements of, of you know some of the work that uh, each of us are doing and and I think there's a there's a constant um, challenge of, of you know who is better at their field which is great I think Nova Nova benefits from that um, uh, uh, you know, at the end of the day you you also you know have your opinion about you know the serve and the fore and the nutrition and the sleeping habits and everything so you I um, uh, want to communicate that within your team and, and see who, who comes up with the best argument.
1: So the last thing we need if we want to be the world's best performer is an echo chamber where everyone's saying the same thing. That's meaning that we're not bringing in fresh thinking and we're not challenging some of the old assumptions that have got us to this point. We need challenge, but we need to know when and how to bring that challenge in so it's the best for the athlete. I'm sure there are hundreds of meetings that go on each year behind the scenes to track the physical preparation, the sleep, the travel, uh, the commercial schedule. And that's without even starting to think about all those family and personal commitments that the athlete needs to balance as well. This is a non-stop roadshow and the player needs to feel like they've got just the right balance of structure and freedom to help them to play in their optimum mental game. So that wraps up our mastermind session with the one and only Boris Becker. I've absolutely loved looking back at our interview with Boris, and I hope you have too. There's a real sense of optimism in the air in the UK at the moment, as I mentioned at the beginning, with some amazing sport and the release of some of the COVID restrictions coming soon. I really hope that we can navigate those stages safely. Wherever you're listening in from, please do share a link to this episode with your sports mad mates. And if you can take 30 seconds to leave a review or a rating, that would be absolutely magic. Do link in with me on social media, whether it's on Twitter or LinkedIn, and I'll definitely answer any questions that you've got there. I love to hear from you. So please do send me a message. And if you want to find out more about that members club, then remember to use the code podcast 50 in the checkout and you'll get that special price for your first month. Anyway, let's uh, all listen to Boris's message about our mindset being critical and to try and play without fear and to not get complacent and to absolutely maximise our talent. I think there's some brilliant takeaway messages for us. So thanks again for listening to this episode. Look after your mindset and the people around you. And until next time, good luck.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of Inside the Mind of Champions. Connect with Jeremy's LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram links in today's show notes to receive the latest insights from his work. If you'd like to get access to Sporting Edge's digital library or book Jeremy for a conference speech or webinar, then please visit www.sportingedge.com or email hello at sportingedge.com.